Welcome to the Foxes and Fowl podcast, season two. Foxes and Fowl is the campus ministry of the United Church of Canada at the University of British Columbia. We are committed to exploring the ways that God is at work in us and others for the healing and renewal of the world. We believe that God has called us to live in a particular way in this world, the way of Jesus. To help us do that, over the next several weeks, we're going to take a break from our usual pattern of longer interviews and dive into St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians together, one little step at a time. We hope you'll join us on the way. Well, hey there. Welcome to the Foxes and Fowl podcast. I'm Aaron. As you heard in the introduction, over the past several weeks, we've been working our way through parts of St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. If this is your first time listening, you may want to go back to the first episode of this season called All Saints. Or maybe this is the word that God wants for you today. Either way, I'm glad you're with us. So over the past while, we've been thinking specifically about Paul's image of the whole armor of God from Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 18. These are the tools that we have at our disposal to stand against the spiritual realities that are working against God's will and purposes for our lives and for the world. Now, so far, we've considered the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes of peace. And then Paul says this, With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, the flaming arrows of the evil one, that's a pretty evocative phrase, isn't it? Again, some of us might struggle with the idea of personified evil, but I think it's also worth setting aside some skepticism in order to think about the characteristics of the evil one that we hear in Scripture. We're told that he's a deceiver, a liar, an accuser, a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And although I think that the image that we often get of the little red guy with horns and a pitchfork is not something to take seriously, my guess is that most of us have experienced these kinds of evil in our lives, in ourselves, our hearts and souls, and in the world. I'd even wager that we all have experienced that stuff. You know, it's interesting to me that when the Gospels, the stories of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, tell us of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. And you can find this in Matthew chapter 4, Mark chapter 1, and Luke chapter 4. In these stories, the devil's primary tactic is, first of all, to aim at Jesus' identity. The temptation scenes come right on the heels of Jesus' baptism, in which we hear this voice from heaven saying, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. And then almost immediately, the first words out of the tempter's mouth are, If you are the son of God. And then the temptations follow. What seems to be at stake here is not so much whether the tempter can convince Jesus to do things he shouldn't do. It's whether or not the tempter can get Jesus to question his identity this identity that the Father has spoken over him as the Beloved in whom God is well pleased. Now, the devil takes aim at who Jesus is. It's 
much the same tactic that was used way back in the Garden of Eden with Eve. You know, once more, evil is not creative. It's crafty, perhaps, but not creative. It's all variations on a theme. What's really at stake is which voice Jesus will trust, right? Which is to say, in which voice will he put his faith? Is he the beloved or is he something else? Will he live out of heaven's love or will he strive for another identity? And when I think about that, then the flaming arrows of the evil one don't seem quite as improbable. I mean, every day we're faced with this question, who and whose are we? Are we beloved children of God no matter what, covered in God's lavish grace and made for good works in this world? Or are we something less than that? Or maybe we're people who need to take the bull by the horns and make something of ourselves, take matters into our own hands, strive after something other than God's good purposes. Or maybe it's some other distortion. Who and whose are we? The shield of faith protects us from lies, from the accusations, the deceptions about ourselves, each other in this world. It protects us from the one who would steal, kill, and destroy our hope and peace and joy and love. Our faith is not belief, it's trust. When we pick up the shield of faith, we learn to trust that what God says about us is truest about us. And anything else will fizzle out. And may it be so. Amen. Thanks to the Foxes and Fowl team and the Pacific Mountain Regional Council of the United Church of Canada for making this happen. Thanks as ever to Davis Miller for the soundtrack. Hope you can join us next time. And until then, grace and peace.